What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here. And today, I'm going to be going through my wide receiver starts and sits for week three of fantasy football, where I break down every single wide receiver matchup, who you can start, who you can sit, and who's a viable flex option for you this week in terms of your matchups. But for the parameters of this video, a start would indicate a player I consider as a top 24 play this week, aka a wide receiver one or two in your lineups if you're in a 12-man league. A flex is a player that is a you know wide receiver three, four, top 40 range at wide receiver and they sit would be anyone sitting currently outside of my top 40 wide receivers but in this video we're also going to be breaking down relevant wide receiver cornerback matchups and potential game script you can look forward to to keep you best informed for your wide receiver start decisions for week three but let's try to get this video to over 300 likes so if you guys enjoy please leave a like down below and subscribe to the channel help us on our road to 20,000 subscribers if you're also watching this leave a comment down below of your top start sick questions and i'll try to get to as many as possible but before we get into the video as always let's hit the intro All right, before I get into Thursday Night Football, here is the matchup chart. The chart is a composite of 50% last year's rankings for defenses and 50% of weeks one and two. Because obviously, of course, we don't have enough data this year for how these defenses will perform in the long run. You know, by week six, seven, eight, we're going to have more information on how these defenses are performing. So keeping it accurate, it's going to give you a better picture as to how these defenses will be able to play. But top of the matchups, you guys see guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd against the New York Jets, Drake London, Jacoby Myers, A.J. Brown, and Justin Jefferson, et cetera, at the top. In terms of the bottom, a.k.a. the worst matchups for wide receivers, guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Kadarius, Tony, Kenny Galladay, and then DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson at the bottom. So keep that in mind when you're making your decisions. As I go through each matchup on the screen, you guys will see the expected wide receiver cornerback matchup, as well as the wide receiver utilization you guys need to be looking towards for your week three decisions. But before we get into each matchup, let's look at the top week three shadows according to PFF Ian Harditz. And you guys can see it on the screen. Deontay Johnson is expected to see shadow coverage from Denzel Ward. Stephon Diggs expected to see shadow coverage from Xavier Howard. Rashad Bateman from Jalen Mills. Justin Jefferson from Jeffrey Akuda. Terry McLaurin from Darius Slay. Cup and Allen Robinson from Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, respectively. DK Metcalf from AJ Terrell. And then finally, on Monday Night Football, we're expecting that Idori Jackson is going to be shadowing against CeeDee Lamb. But let's go into the first matchup of the week. Tonight's matchup, Steelers going on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. Browns are four and a half point favorites with an over-under set at 38 in this intradivisional game. On the Steelers side, you are starting Deontay Johnson. He's a locked-in top 24 receiver as long as he's commanding that elite volume that he's seen to start this year. We've seen his absolute floor thus far. 13.1 PPR points per game in his first two games. But I do think once this offense's efficiency goes up with more familiarity, I'm expecting an every week, you know, top 15 caliber receiver. Start Deontay Johnson, considering him a wide receiver two in your lineups. In terms of other Steelers, I think Claypool can maybe be considered in super deep leagues. But again, he's nothing more than, you know, a volatile wide receiver four five. So I'd rather lean elsewhere if I can. From the Brown side, Amari Cooper is a flexible option given his 28% target share on the season. I'd limit my expectations to more so a wide receiver three given the potential slow pace and low over under of this game. But in PPR, I do expect Amari Cooper to be an adequate play. Other Browns receivers, you are not sniffing into your lineups. Next game, let's go on to the Saints going on the road to play the Carolina Panthers. Again, another intra-divisional game. 
Vegas has the Saints as minus three, aka three-point favorites on the road with an over-under set at 40 and a half. On the Saints side, you are starting Michael Thomas. He's looked like he's fully returned and looks to be a top 15 level wide receiver for this season after the past couple of seasons of battling injuries. I would also feel comfortable flexing Chris Olave as, you know, a potential top 35 level option, given the advanced role he has seen on this offense already, as well as Winston's dependence on him down the field. On the Panthers side, you can flex DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So far, we've actually seen that Robbie Anderson has actually both outproduced and has gotten better uses than DJ Moore to start the year. I'm still willing to give this offense a couple more weeks to see if their overall volume increases and for DJ Moore to get back to that dominant, you know, high 20s level target share that he was showing last season. DJ Moore could be a similar case, similar ascendant to what Deontay Johnson represents. Obviously, so far, he hasn't gotten that target share, but we know from the talent, from the player he showed in the past, he should be able to reside in that high 20s area. And once he does, I'm willing to trust him back in that mid-wide receiver two range. But until then, he's more so going to be in this wide receiver three territory with Robbie Anderson not too far behind him. So I'm fine with flexing both of them, but I am limiting my expectations for DJ Moore compared to what you probably drafted him as. Next matchup is going to be the Texans going on the road to play the Chicago Bears. Bears are favorites by two and a half in this matchup, according to Vegas, with an over-under set at 40 and a half. And I'm going to keep this one extremely brief. The only wide receiver you are starting from both sides in this matchup is Brandon Cooks. And you can start him with, you know, top 20-ish level uh, expectations this week because he is the clear-cut alpha target of this Texans offense. From the Bears side, they have thrown 28 total passes in their two games and have completed 15 of them, with five of them going to David Montgomery. Obviously, this is, you know, an unsustainably low passing rate, and soon enough, it's going to positively regress at some point. But, but until I see it, no Bears pass catcher is even coming close to my lineup. So especially in this over-under, you know, 40 and a half, we don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. The Bears offenses look absolutely abysmal, especially from a passing perspective. So I'm not touching any Bears pass catcher until I see an upside shot for this passing offense. Next matchup, we got the Chiefs going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Chiefs are six and a half point road favorites with an over-under set at 50. In terms of this matchup on the Colts side, again, I can keep this pretty brief. You are starting Michael Pittman if he is healthy and you're playing him as a top 12 option if he is ready to go for this matchup against the Chiefs. We've seen him have a 26% target share in his first game prior to missing week two. If he's on the field, he is the clear-cut wide receiver one for this Colts offense. No other wide receiver on the Colts is worth getting into your lineup with how this offense has looked, plus a questionable distribution of targets after Pittman gets his. From the Chiefs side, you guys can flex Juju Smith-Schuster, but again, I wouldn't feel confident in anyone else here. MVS, you know, particularly interesting, but I think he's too volatile to enter my top 40. And Sky Moore, to put it simply, isn't remotely getting enough routes to be considered just yet. I think, you know, by week five, week six, week seven, Sky Moore could potentially be the best play on this team. But if he's not getting the routes, he's not going to get me the fantasy points. So as much as I love Sky Moore, as much as I love the talent there, he can't enter your lineup for the foreseeable future. Next matchup, we can go to the Bills going on the road again. Another interdivisional matchup against the Miami Dolphins, who have come to a scorching start this season. Bills are five and a half point favorites on the road with an over under set at 53 in this game. Let's not get cute here. You're starting all of your studs in this matchup. Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, Gabe Davis, Jalen Waddle. Obviously, Diggs is currently the wide receiver one overall in fantasy after that monster performance against Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. And again, I get it. It's a tougher matchup with expected shadow from Xavier Howard. He's an elite enough player to win these one-on-ones. He's looking like he could potentially be this year's league winning receiver on a top three level offense with the Bills. 
He's a top five wide receiver this week. In terms of another Bills wide receiver that you are clearly starting if he is healthy, Gabe Davis, as long as he's healthy, as long as he recovered from that ankle injury that held him up Monday night, he is a top 20 wide receiver. We've seen that on a heightened route participation. He can exist as that high efficient, big play threat operating as that Bills second wide receiver. And even only on a 16 to 20% target share, his role is extremely valuable for a Bills offense. We expect to put up points and put up a lot of them on a week-to-week basis. On the Dolphins side, yeah, I get it. It's a tougher matchup against what's been a ferocious Bills defense, but you're starting your studs. This Dolphins offense has looked great to start the year. Don't overthink a wide receiver cornerback matchup in your start set decisions. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are the type of explosive players that no matter what type of tight covers they're facing on any given play, they can bust loose. They can, you know, get a 70, 80 yard touchdown. They have that level of speed. They have that level of acceleration, explosive ability to their game. So while it's, you know, an unfavorable matchup, maybe from a volume perspective, they are the type of players that can turn seven, eight targets into a 20 plus fantasy point outing. So start Waddle, start Hill, top 20 options, no brainer. In terms of the next matchup, we get the Lions going on the road to play the Vikings. Again, another interdivisional matchup. That must be the theme of this week. Vikings are six point favorites at home with an over under set at 53. And on the Vikings side, you really don't need any more incentive to start Jefferson. But when we add in the fact that he's expected to face shadow coverage from Jeff Okuda, who again, has struggled thus far in his young career, we could be looking at a potential week winning level performance in store with the high scoring nature expected in this game. Again, an over under set at 53. Vegas expects both of these offenses to score and score out well. I wouldn't be shocked if Jefferson's totaling, you know, uh, a comparable performance, breaking a slate type of performance to what he saw in week one against Green Bay, where he was the highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy football. In terms of other Vikings that you can potentially put into your lineup as a flex, Adam Thielen is that guy. Target share hasn't exactly been there to start this year. Only a 14.1% target share for Adam Thielen. But we know the volatile nature of Adam Thielen. And in a matchup against Detroit with this high Minnesota implied point total, I think he has a really good chance to score in this game. So while he's disappointed from a fantasy perspective thus far, I do think, you know, he can have a 60, 70 yard touchdown type of performance and really get back to that wide receiver three status that we were drafting him as. In terms of the Detroit side, Amonor St. Brown looks like this year's second year breakout. He is a top 10 wide receiver in my rankings until he proves otherwise. In terms of usage, in terms of volume he's commanded, he is eerily similar to what we saw from a breakout perspective to Cooper Cup last year. I get it. That is very hyperbolic. That is very, you know, high praise for a guy that is a second year player. Obviously, we saw Cooper Cup have the most dominant wide receiver season of all time last year, but the volume has been there. The play has been there for Amonor St. Brown. And what's stopping him from going out and having a 1300 yard 10 touchdown type of season as a second year breakout love me some of Monter st brown if you guys got him the fifth sixth round area of your fantasy drafts this year he is looking like the steal of 2022 fantasy football so let's get on to the next matchup and that's going to be the ravens traveling on the road against the new england patriots ravens are three point favorites on the road in this one over under set at 43 and a half in terms of the Ravens side you are starting rashad bateman Shaw Bateman has really came out to a scorching start in the 2022 season. He's commanded a 20% target share and has posted over 17 PPR points per game in his first two games this year. He comes in at number 24 overall in my rankings. While the matchup, you know, isn't as ideal as I'd like going up against a stingy Pats defense. 
Bateman has played well enough thus far to be considered in that wide receiver three, two, three type of area. So I would mostly put him as a flex play, but because there's no other better receivers, he comes in at number 24 on the spot. So therefore he is the last of the wide receiver twos I have in my rankings this week. In terms of other Baltimore pass catchers, no other Baltimore wide receiver this season has seen over a 11% target share. And this group of wide receivers is way too volatile to put into your lineup after Bateman. On the New England side, Jacoby Myers looks like he's going to be a very good value this year, especially in PPR. I mean, to start the year, first two games has commanded a near 30% target share and over two yards per team pass attempt on the season. He looks like he can be an every week flex, you know, wide receiver three, four for the rest of the year, top 40 level option for the foreseeable future. So if you have Jacoby Myers, I have no problem putting him in the lineup. I have top 35 to 40 level expectation for him in this matchup against a Baltimore defense that looked like a sieve in the second half against the Miami Dolphins. Next matchup, we have the Bengals on the road against the New York Jets. Bengals are five point road favorites with an over under set at 45. It's pretty simple on the Cincinnati side. Let's not spend too long on the Bengals. You said it and you forget it when it comes to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I wouldn't feel comfortable just yet getting Tyler Boyd into my lineup this week despite the favorable matchup against the Jets. Target share and role hasn't exactly been there for Tyler Boyd thus far. So, you know, if you're in a pinch and he's a second flex, like, sure, like top 50-ish level receiver, but he's not going to crack my top 40. From the Jets side, you guys can flex their two young stud wide receivers with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. From Elijah Moore's perspective, he's gotten off to a relatively cold start from my expectation, but what we've seen, he's been the clear number one in terms of routes run, and I expect him to return to that dominant target share he held in his rookie year prior to getting hurt. It's a slow start, I get it, but if there's any opportunity for you guys to buy Elijah Moore from a rope participation standpoint, he has been the clear-cut alpha of this Jets offense. Another flexible option is going to be Garrett Wilson. He's shown in his first two games in the NFL, he can be an elite target per route run type of player, and despite low snap shares, he's been absolutely dominant from a fantasy football perspective. Hasn't cracked over 65% of the snaps yet in either of the two games, and yet he's a top 12 wide receiver on the season. With how good he's playing, I think it's going to be no time before he usurps Corey Davis in two wide receiver sets. And if we are getting more snaps with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore on the field together, expect both of them to be, you know, top 30 level options on a week to week basis sometime soon, especially when Zach Wilson gets back into this lineup. Next game, we got the Raiders traveling on the road to play the Tennessee Titans, who just got absolutely mollywopped on Monday Night Football. Raiders are two point favorites on the road with a 45 and a half over under set in this game. From the Raiders' side, it's very simple. You're starting the best wide receiver in football. I don't care that he had 12 yards last week. Devontae Adams is locked and loaded into your lineup as a top five level wide receiver play as long as he's suiting up on any given Sunday. Another receiver on the Raiders, if he's able to play in this one, I think Hunter Renfro is a flexible option. But again, following a concussion he suffered against the Cardinals, his status is questionable in this one. So make sure you're staying aware of the status of Hunter Renfro because if he plays, I'm fine with starting him in my lineup. But if he doesn't play, obviously the only startable receiver on the Raiders is going to be Devontae Adams. On the flip side, for the Titans, you can't start any Titans wide receiver at this point. The only one that has upside to potentially start within a couple weeks would be Traylon Burks. He's very, very promising. A 3.40 yards per route run and over a 20% target share, despite having such low route participation to start the year. Once we see improved efficiency from the Titans passing attack and more opportunity from a route participation perspective for Burks, I expect him to blow up sooner rather than later. So love Traylon Burks in the long term, especially for the rest of the season. Cannot start him in this matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. Next matchup is going to be the Eagles going on the road to 
play the Commanders. Again, another intradivisional matchup, and the Eagles are six and a half point road favorites with an over under set at 47 and a half in this game. From the Eagles' perspective, you can start A.J. Brown clearly. He's a wide receiver one as long as he is healthy. And in a potentially high-scoring matchup between the Commanders and Eagles, he's my wide receiver six overall on the week. In terms of other Eagles you can potentially put into your lineup, I would feel comfortable flexing Devontae Smith as a top 40-level option. Obviously, he had that goose egg in week one, but he bounced back in a big way to the tune of a 7-for-80 line on seven targets with a 22.6% target share in their Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings. I'm expecting this young wide receiver, too, to continue to be worked into that Eagles game plan. From the commander side, it's really funny because we went through the year with the you know expectation that Terry McLaurin would be this target hog that paid off on volume in spite of bad quarterback play. But so far, it's been the exact inverse. While the quarterback play has actually been good, he's only commanded a 13% target share to start the year. Jahan Dotson actually leads this team in terms of route participation. And Curtis Samuel actually leads this team in target share. I do think that not all can hit in this matchup, but I feel comfortable projecting, you know, two of these guys to have productive days, given how well Wentz has played thus far to start the year. I'd put all of them in my lineup with flex expectation, but I don't think all three of them can hit in this matchup. Onto the 4 p.m. games, we have the Jaguars on the road to play the Chargers. Chargers are seven-point home favorites with an over-under set at 47.5 in this game. You're starting Mike Williams on the Chargers side, obviously with Keaton Allen expected out yet again. He is an every-week start. He's currently in my top 12 overall wide receiver rankings, and we saw this past week as the clear-cut alpha wide receiver one on that team. Posted an 8-for-1, 13-1 line against the Chiefs. He will continue to be a strong play, obviously tethered to the right arm of Justin Herbert as long as he is healthy in this game. In terms of other potential options on the Chargers, I think, you know, Palmer is probably a fine desperation flex, but again, not a top 40 caliber wide receiver in my rankings. On the Jaguars side, Christian Kirk has proven that he is an every week must start as long as he's playing as well as he's been. 93% of the team's routes in a 24% target share thus far. He's looked like he's become the favorite weapon of a young ascending quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. And he looks to be, quite frankly, a steal in fantasy drafts this year. Put Christian Kirk into your lineup with top 20 level expectations, and he should be able to pay off. Next matchup, we have the Rams going on the road to play the Cardinals. Again, another interdivisional matchup with the Rams being three and a half point road favorites and over under set at 48 and a half in this one. And I don't really need to explain why you're starting Cooper Cup, but one of the best wide receivers in the NFL commanding a ludicrous 40% target share on the season is a good explanation. Obviously, you guys can feel comfortable flexing Allen Robinson as well. Despite that poor week one we saw against the Bills, he bounced back in a big way against the Atlanta Falcons, getting 15% of the targets and scoring a touchdown in week two. I expect that to continue with what I expect to be a Rams offense that starts finding their groove down the stretch here. On the Cardinals side, Marquise Brown, despite average production, has gotten a 95% row participation and commanded 21% of Kyler Murray's targets. Obviously, he hasn't had his blow-up game just yet, but I do think that blow-up game is coming soon. In terms of other players on the Cardinals, I do think, you know, maybe Greg Dortch is a super deep option only, but he, again, he's not a top 40 level play, only a 75% row participation in week two. And despite only four targets, he caught Pater and absolutely saved his day. So I wouldn't really start Greg Dortch. Next matchup, we got the Falcons on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are two point home favorites over under set at 42 in this one. And on the Falcons side, Drake London has earned his keep as an every week top 24 wide receiver until he shows anything stopping me from doing so. We've seen in his first two career games, a ludicrous 32% target share and 38% air yard share. 
he's been absolutely dominant. And despite only an 85% route participation, we actually did see that route participation increase from week one to two, 82% in week one, 89% in week two. He looks like he's headed to be this year's T Higgins from what we've seen from a play perspective. From the Seahawks side, you guys can flex both of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with wide receiver 3-4 type of expectations. The Seahawks have scored 24 total points in their two games this year, and Geno has thrown two touchdowns, both the tight ends. This is a situation where I will still play both as flexes out of respect for their target commanding abilities and talent levels, but I'm not overly excited with either of the Seahawks wide receivers and what I expect to be a low ceiling caliber offense, especially in a game where an over-under is set at 42. I don't really see much success happening from the Seahawks perspective in terms of being able to move the ball and put up points. Final matchup of the 4 p.m. slate, we got the Packers going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are two-point home favorites in this game with an over-under set at 41.5, and on the Tampa side, we have seen complete havoc being reaped on their wide receiver room. Alpha wide receiver Mike Evans is suspended for this game following his skirmish with Marshawn Lattimore in Sunday's game against the Saints. And both Julio Jones and Chris Godwin are also expected out in this game. The next man up is going to be newly signed wide receiver Russell Gaines, who's been battling his own hamstring issues, but is clearly the most talented wide receiver left for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers core. I consider him, you know, a low end, you know, barely cracking my top 40 level flex play. I think this game could be really ugly, really fast on the Packers side. To put it simply, two of their three leading receivers this year are running backs. Don't start any of these bummy-ass Packers wide receivers. You know, you might hear someone say, well, Alan Lazar is the wide receiver one. I don't give a fuck because the wide receiver one for Green Bay has not been valuable this year. And until I see any type of upside from this passing offense, 213 yards per game in Aaron Rodgers' first two starts, I'm not starting any Packers wide receiver. The only startable pieces on this Packers offense is going to be those running backs. Matchup, we're going on to Sunday Night Football. The 49ers are on the road to play the Denver Broncos. 49ers are one and a half point road favorites in this one with an over-under set at 44 and a half. On the 49ers side, obviously you are starting Debo Samuel. 26% target share despite contributing snaps in the backfield as a running back. He is the lifeblood of this offense. The 49ers offense goes as Debo Samuel goes. In terms of other receivers in this matchup, you guys can also flex Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers side. He saw a 33% target share in week two following that monsoon game in Chicago in week one. He's the big play threat of this offense and can work as the de facto 1B if Debo gets running back snaps as anticipated with Elijah Mitchell and Tyrion Davis-Price out for this game. On the Broncos side, you're obviously starting Cortland Sutton, especially if Judy is out for this game. I'm on the assumption he does indeed miss this game or is at least on a pitch count, which makes Sutton that much more appealing. We've seen in these first two games with Russell Wilson as a Broncos quarterback, a 24.6% target share for Cortland Sutton. I do think he is a prime opportunity to smash in this one. I have him ranked in my top 15 overall wide receivers. Final matchup of the slate is going to be Monday Night Football. My Dallas Cowboys travel on the road to play the New York Giants. Giants are two-point favorites in this one with an over-under set at 39.5. In terms of startable options on the Cowboys, you are starting C.D. Lamb. You've heard us repeatedly talk about C.D. Lamb on this channel. While the raw point production hasn't been there quite yet, he's posted a near 31% target share in his first two games this year on nearly 99% of the routes. The role increase that everybody projected this offseason has shown itself to be the case for Lamb. And, and while Cooper Rush does limit his ceiling, he has a volume floor of 8 to 11 targets, and that goes a long way. He's going to be a top 15 to 20 wide receiver, even when Cooper Rush is in the lineup. And as soon as Dak Prescott returns to this Cowboys offense, expect 
CeeDee Lamb to reclaim his status as a mid-level wide receiver one. On the Giants side, the only player worthy of a spot in your lineup as a flex option is going to be Sterling Shepard. Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay have gotten the hex from Dable's staff, and Shepard is coming off a performance in week two where he got 91% of the routes and a 33% target share. I expect him to continue to be a top 45 level play at least until Tony sees his involvement increase. But either way, if you guys have made it to the end of this video, it should be about 25 minutes long by the time you're here. Make sure you leave a like down below. Again, I mentioned it in the intro. Let's try to get this video to 300 likes. Appreciate you guys for that continued support and keep track. We're going to be live tonight prior to Thursday night's game. So stay tuned. Come say hi. Leave some more start sick questions in there. But either way, enjoy this video. Take care. Why you need the money?